Hey y'all, this is Charlie. We are living, loving, laughing in grace. And we are also now in episode two of our current podcast series. And I do encourage you to go back and listen to that other one because I'm going to jump right back into the word in Romans 10. Uh, we are going to read this again because, wow, this is such a rich word the Lord has for us, my friends. And as we are coming to Jesus today and seeing him in his word and enjoying his presence, right? Isn't that what we're doing? We are here enjoying the presence of our Lord and Savior, our gracious and good and merciful God. And just know that you are not going to walk away the same, my friend. He is here to serve you. That's what Jesus does. It's who he is. He told us that. He He himself said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. And that's what we see him doing in the Gospels. We see him serving and serving and pouring out of himself, teaching and preaching and healing and, and freeing people from bondages and addictions and, and foul spirits and providing and honoring those who have been outcast from society, those who have been rejected, my friends, calling them in. We see him serving. And what did we learn? Okay, I can't help it. We're going to back up a little bit. What did we learn? From Colossians, Colossians 1.15 tells us this, that Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God. Oh, my friend, think of that. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. We can't see God, but Jesus came and showed us who he is. And what did he say? I didn't come to be served, but to serve. My friends, God is not after your service. He's after your heart. He's after your life. He wants to give you eternal life. He wants to give you the abundant life that he knows only comes through him. And if you have never made him your Lord and Savior, I don't have to tell you that you're not experiencing the abundant life. You feel it in your own heart and the, the own in your own mind, the stresses and the burdens that you deal with, some that maybe no one else even knows about. Maybe on the outside, you've got it all together. You're, you're super wealthy. You, you, you do what you want to do when you want to do it. But you're just trying to fill that empty void in your heart. Or maybe you've just been afraid to come to God because you've been given this impression that he's just after your money or just after your service. And we all need to hear this, my friends. God has more angels than can be counted that serve him perfectly every day, day in, day out, perfectly. God didn't create us because he needs more servants, my friends. God created us because he wants a family. And he's the head of that family. And he takes care of us. We don't take care of him. Why do we serve when we've allowed him to serve us so much, to take such good care of us, to touch us with his grace and his love? Like those blind men we saw, when you are touched by the goodness of God, by his grace, by his love, you can't help but want to tell other people about it. But it comes out of an overflow, my friends. We don't serve trying to get filled up. If you're serving trying to get filled up, can I ask you to stop? Take a break and just come to Jesus and let him fill you up. 
It is only once he's filled us up that we can serve anyone else, my friends. Just like the airline stewardess will tell you, if you lose cabin pressure and the oxygen masks drop, put on your own first before you try to give anyone else assistance. Why? Because if you don't, you're going to pass out and now you're no longer any good to yourself or anyone else around you. My friends, Jesus is the life. The life. He is our very oxygen. He breathed into man and brought him to life. That same breath that brought Adam to life breathed the word of God, this very precious Bible that you hold in your hand. So every time you come to it, he is breathing into you. Oh, my friends, no wonder he tells us that the word is medicine to our body and health to all our flesh. We're coming back to the very one who breathed us into existence. Hallelujah. Amen, my friends. Ooh, amen how he does serve us. Hallelujah. Oh, my friend, that was a bunny trail. Amen. And I can't leave you hanging because you're listening right now because God wants to save your life and he wants to save your heart. So if you just heard that and, and you're like, wow, how did she know? Because my father knows, right? That's not of me. And he's calling you out of your misery and into his joy, into his family, into his life. So would you just right now say this prayer with me? Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you care so much about me, that you see me where I am and you've called to me. Yes, I want to be part of your family. I believe, I declare that Jesus Christ became my sacrifice. He took my punishment at the cross. He died and was buried. Three days later, he rose from the grave declaring that I am now righteous. I have been justified before you. You're now my heavenly, perfect, loving father. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Heaven is my home. I am a beloved child of God and I receive your eternal abundant life in Jesus name. Amen. 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 My friend, welcome. You are now part of the family of God. And this is the very reason you are listening today. Hallelujah. Amen. So just keep listening because God's got more goodness for you. And to get into that, now we're going to go into Romans 10 verse 14. How then shall they call on him? In whom they have not believed. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? My friend, that's just what, what happens. You hadn't heard about him. Do you hear God's compassion? God understands that you can't call on him if you haven't first believed in him. And you can't believe in him if you've never heard about him. But catch what's implied here, my friend, that once you hear about him, you will believe in him. So what we're hearing should cause us to believe in the Lord. It should cause us to see his goodness and his love and his grace, my friends. It goes on to say that. How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? I can only share with you because the Lord has sent me. He fills me up. He unveils himself to me so that I can then share it, my friends. 
as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? We learned right there that the way we obey the gospel is to simply believe it. We simply believe it. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. And as we talked about in the original Greek, right, I stress the hearing, 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 because the tense that's written in means that that word is repeated, ongoing. There's no end. My friend, every single day we need to hear about the goodness of our God. We need to hear about the peace that he has for us, the glad tidings and the good things. Why? Do I really have to point out all the bad stuff we're hearing every day? Right? You, you almost, you have to choose to get away from it. And some of it you can't. You hear while you're at work. You hear while you're going to pick your kids up from school. You hear while you're just going out and about your life, my friends. And he knows that. So that's why to, to counteract that, it's like every day, right? You'd have to be a shut-in and we're not meant to be a shut-in, my friend. We're not meant to ignore what's going on around us, but we can limit it, right? Because the bad news, which you're only going to get from the world, the world has no good news to offer, is like taking in a little bit of poison, right? And this poison a little bit might make you feel a little sick, but it doesn't kill you. But the more we take in, the more we take in, the more we take in, the worse we feel. What's the antidote? The gospel, my friend. Every day we need to hear the gospel. And when we hear the gospel, we take in the life and the youth and the strength and the health of our God. Hallelujah. So it tells us to keep hearing the word of Christ, as it says in the original. And that doesn't mean we ignore anything that Jesus himself didn't speak. It means we are meant to see Jesus in the word as Jesus himself unveiled to us in the, in the book of Luke. And we're not going to get into that again today, but Jesus himself showed us that the entire Bible is all about him. Amen. So it tells us that our faith comes when we just simply keep hearing my friend right now, right? You can feel it. Your faith is coming alive. Your faith is growing. Jesus himself is growing your faith as you simply hear about him, not as we focus on it. So I want you to take this and we're going to go back to Matthew, right? Because the question was that I had asked was how were these blind men able to, to believe that Jesus was able to heal them? Remember, because they came to him crying out. We're back in Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Remember, it's about what Jesus is able to do. Not what we think he can do, not what we think we can do. We don't look at the impossibility of the situation. Our belief is simply that Jesus is able to do this. And they said to him, yes, Lord. So somehow they had that belief. So from what we just read, what does that mean? So what did they start off doing? They started off crying out to Jesus. And we read that the Lord himself says, 
How can they call on me if they don't believe in me? So the, the, the very fact that they called on him showed us that they already had some belief in him. And he goes on to say, how can they believe in me if they haven't heard of me? So we see that these two blind men call on Jesus. They must believe in Jesus, which means they've heard about Jesus. And what we're hearing about Jesus makes all the difference, my friend. That's why you keep coming back so that you can hear about your Jesus and hear and hear and hear. So what had these two blind men heard that they knew to call on him to receive such an incredible miracle like receiving their sight? Well, it says when Jesus departed from there. It was when he departed from there that these two blind men followed him. Where did he depart from? <laughs> We're going to find out. Where did Jesus just come from? Well, if we go back to verse 23, we see it says, When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing, he said to them, Make room for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. Okay. So the background here is that, that a ruler had come to Jesus and asked him to come to his home to heal his daughter because she was very sick. Well, on the way, Jesus takes time to heal another woman who interrupts him on his way. I'm telling you, go through the Gospels, a lot of Jesus' miracles could we could look at as interruptions, but not Jesus. He stopped. He took the time for this woman to not only heal her, but to heal her heart and completely heal her. Right. And in the process, some people come and say, hey, don't bother Jesus anymore. The girl's dead. In other words, it's too late. Have you heard that? It's too late. It's been too long. You are too old. Whatever it is, that's like what these people came. And you know what Jesus said? As soon as those people came and said that, because they said it within hearing of the father of that little girl, who obviously loves his daughter very much. He came and sought Jesus out to heal her. Jesus turns around and he, tell, he tells the father, he looks at him and says, do not be afraid, only believe. Do not be afraid. My friend, you know, fear is like the, um, what is it? It's the, it's the opposite of faith. Fear is what kills our faith. And that's why so many times you will see Jesus saying, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Only look at Jesus. Don't look at the impossibility of the situation, right? Can it get any worse than dead? Dead is dead, my friend. If you are listening to my voice right now, your situation is not as bad as this little girl's. It's not as bad as this father. And what were Jesus's words? Do not be afraid. Only believe. And what have we been looking at? Simply believe that Jesus is able. Jesus is able. Amen. Now, now, to hear what he said with the father, you have to go to Mark's account. But we're back in Matthew. We're in Matthew's account. So that's why when Jesus came into the ruler's house, there were flute players and the noisy crowd wailing. They're already grieving, right? These flute players would come and play really sad songs. And the people are there wailing and crying and mourning because the girl has died. Right, my friends? So there's no mistake. She has died. But Jesus walks in and says, make room. For the girl is not dead, but sleeping. 
to make sure I remember to tell you, my friends, this is all of us. Do you know that the Bible never refers to a Christian as dying? Because death means the death that goes to hell. A Christian never dies. You simply fall asleep. And then, okay, spoiler alert, like this little girl, you wake up with Jesus. She went to sleep. Okay, in the physical, she was dead, right? In the physical, this body that we have one day, either it will give out. So your body will physically be done. You'll, but to you, it's going to feel like you fall asleep and then you wake up with Jesus. Or for many of us, we're going to, we're going to see Jesus when he comes, my friends. The time is coming. Amen. So he said to them, make room for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. Okay, this is what I mean. Those little phrases like that. And they ridiculed him. That tells you how far gone she was, my friend. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand and the girl arose. He went in, took her by the hand. My friend, you know why? Jesus is life and death has to flee in the presence of life. See, we get this idea that death overcomes life. No, my friends, life overcomes death. All that life had to do, all that Jesus had to do was to touch her hand and she arose. My friend, should you fall asleep before Jesus returns? That's what's going to happen for you. It's going to feel like you fall asleep and then you wake up in the presence of Jesus with a strong, young, healthy body. My friends, a body that feels more alive than you ever did in this one. But don't get excited about going there yet because there is still so much for us to do here on this earth. <laughs> Amen. So what's the very next thing that happened? And the report of this went out into all that land. People were talking about it. The report went out. The news went out. The word went out that Jesus had brought this little girl back to life. Let me ask you something. How much faith did that little girl have? Did you ever think about that before? How much faith did she have? She was dead. Amen, <laughs> hey, my friends. She was dead. Jesus did not raise her from the dead because of her faith. He raised her from the dead because of his faith. My friend, whatever your problem is, put it in his hands. See that he has the faith to overcome it. I have said there's nothing worse that we face than death. And yet Jesus stopped death in its tracks and brought life in because that's who he is. That's what he is capable of. So this word went out and it says the report of this went out into all that land. And the very next verse is when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him crying out and saying, son of David, have mercy on us. What do you think those blind men heard that made them call out on Jesus? Those blind men heard that Jesus went to this little girl who had been dead, simply touched her. She did nothing of her own. There's nothing she did to earn it or deserve it. He simply went to her, touched her, and she came back to life. And they cried out to him. 
And then what happened, my friends, the beautiful cycle repeated itself. Because they so experienced his grace and goodness when they were healed, they couldn't keep it to themselves either. So then they went out and they spread the news about it in all that country. You know what happened? And verse 35, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. These reports went out. It increased their faith. They heard about Jesus. They heard that he is able and they came to him and they were healed. Hallelujah, my friends. Hallelujah. So this is the answer. If you're, if you're thinking to yourself, but Charlie, I don't believe that Jesus is able. What do you do with that? You just keep hearing. It's okay, my friends. He knows where you're at. Do you think that Jesus didn't know about these blind men beforehand? Do you think he didn't know that just the word that they were going to need to hear would get to them before he did so that he could then heal them? Just keep hearing. It is through our hearing that we open the door to allow him to come in and he builds our faith. Hallelujah, my friend. Just keep looking to Jesus. Remind yourself, is Jesus able? Is Jesus able? Is Jesus able? And when you're, like I said, when you're questioning, come to the Gospels. See what he does. You will see that he is able. He is more than able. He is more than capable. And he is more than willing. He has the power and he has the love. He has the ability and he has the willingness, my friend. In fact, it is the heart of God. It is the love of God that causes the hand of God to move on your behalf. Hallelujah, my friend. Bask in his love for you. See his love for you, my friends. In fact, I, w I want you to see this. It is love it is the hand of love that gives to us, okay? It is because of his love that God gives. Faith is simply the hand that takes what God is giving. That's it. It is because of Jesus' love for this little girl and her family that he went and healed her. I said she was dead. She did nothing of her own. And that is what caused the blind men to have the faith to come to him. And even still, Jesus speaks to them in a way so that they hear and they are reminded to put their eyes on him. Do you believe that I am able? My friends, do you believe that Jesus is able? Do you believe that he is willing because he is he loves you, my friend, and he loves you into wholeness right now. Whatever it is that you need, whatever it is that you desire, I just ask you to see it in the hand of Jesus and see him bending down and reaching that out to you and simply take, take from him, my friend. He came to serve you. He came to love you. He came to take care of you because he cares about you. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Right now, Jesus, we just thank you that you are working miracles. You are bringing breakthroughs. You are pouring out your love and your power and and answering prayers abundantly above all that we could ask or think or even imagine. My friends, just ask it and he will answer above and beyond what you're even thinking or imagining. Hallelujah. But like these blind men, all they did was cry out to him, son of David, have mercy on us. Right now, you are simply crying out to him, Jesus, Jesus. That's all it takes, my friend. And he takes care of the rest. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for being with us right now. Thank you that even now you're pouring your love into us in a way that we can feel it. We get to experience it. We know that we're the apple of your eye. We know that you love us so much. You laid down your life for us. We know that now that you've given up your life for us, there is nothing else you won't hold back from us. There's nothing else that you won't give to us. There is nothing you're holding back. We thank you that you are the God that came not to take from us, but to give to us. The God that came not to be served, but to serve. Father, open our eyes and our hearts to not limit you. Open our hands to receive from you all that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 My friends, hallelujah. God is so good. He loves you so very much. Amen. I pray that you were blessed, encouraged, my friends, that you are reminded of how much your father loves you and cares for you. Amen. All right. All right, my friend. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and grant you his peace. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Till next time. Keep on living, loving, laughing in grace.